0: i'm jen schrader and this is behind the springs conversations with the people working for you in colorado springs olympic city usa hi everyone we're talking about weed graffiti well, weeds, I should say. Graffiti, garbage. These are just a couple of the things that our Neighborhood Services Division deals with on a daily basis. And while those things don't really paint a pretty picture, our city team actually helps to do just that. They are working to provide a healthy and clean place for all of us to live. So today we are talking about this team. Um, I have two guests today. Uh, Mitch Hammes, the Manager of Neighborhood Services, along with Senior Code Officer Dan Dyer. Thank you both for being here. Hey, thanks
1: for having us. Thank you, Jen.
0: I really appreciate it And so a lot of folks might hear um, graffiti, garbage, weeds, and think, yuck, but you're actually out to get rid of some of those things and to make our quality of life better and to beautify our city. Um, so uh, I want to get to what does Neighborhood Services do? But first, I like to drill people on my podcast a little bit about themselves. I like to hear about what you guys are like. Um, I had Mayor on last podcast i waited till the end but i'm going to draw you with the questions at the beginning because i know you guys can take it right right. okay so um i've been trying to just do some rapid fire questions just a few words or a sentence or two you don't have to have a big long answer first thing that pops into your head so mitch start with you favorite part about working for the city
1: oh the diversity of people i get to deal with every day It can be elected officials, it can be residents of our community, it can be business owners, um, and they all have unique needs and and desires for what we we have here in the city. And I get to put my piece into it and get it to satisfy everybody's wants and desires.
0: So never the same day. Yeah, everybody says
1: it's never the same day. But for me, it's usually always the same day. It's just different people. Different people, right. Different problems. And so solving those problems is what really gets me uh, charged up and ready to go to work in the morning.
0: What's your favorite part, Dan? Uh,
2: the first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, I was born in Colorado Springs, and when I get to have uh, an effect on uh, a positive aspect of keeping the city clean, uh, um, it's my it's my city. And so I also like helping people that kind of have the same desires as me as keeping the city clean. I get to have something to do with that, so...
0: Right. A lot of city pride. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. Okay. So um, how many lo- years have you lived here? Mitch, your
1: first. Six years ago today I moved
0: here. Oh, really? So, oh, yes. Okay. Six year anniversary. All right. Awesome. How about you? So, so I'm, you're- I'm
2: giving away my age since right. I said I was born here, but uh, I've been here 50 years.
0: Oh, so. nice. Okay. Another milestone. That's yeah, good.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, favorite place in Colorado Springs to be outside?
1: For me, it's Pulpit Rock. Um, I just love that it's it's fairly easy to get to the top and the views, and that it's not super crowded all the time.
0: They're doing some maintenance out there on that open space, too, so it's going to be even better soon. Exactly. That's great. How about you? You got a favorite spot?
2: Yeah, I don't know if I want to give away my favorite hiking spot, but um, I love St. Mary's Falls, and so I've been hiking up there since I was a kid, so that'd be my spot.
0: You don't want anyone else to share it with you, though? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's your own spot. Yeah. I know. It's like you don't want it to get too crowded. No,
2: everybody knows about it. I yeah, think, so.
0: it's pretty popular. Yeah. Um, one of your favorite restaurants or shops? You guys have a favorite spot to eat?
1: Uh, absolutely for me, it's got to be Skirted Heifer.
0: The, oh, uh, that's a good shop
1: Downtown and then one out on East Powers.
0: That's a good so spot.
1: Locally owned, great food, great people. Um, and I just, you know, anytime we go out, that's usually in the top five places we
0: pick.
2: Okay. Well, then I think for me, um, I eat anything and I don't know if this is okay to go back to something that's not here anymore, but I miss, I miss the Conway's red stops.
0: Oh, uh, I do yeah, too. Yeah. So it was the best, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like a dollar store now or something. It makes me kind of sad yeah, when I, I drive so. by there. Mm-hmm. Like I think of the memories. Yeah. That was a great spot. Good burgers for, for the newbies here, but we used to it sit was and, amazing.
2: visit with the owners when I was a little kid. So
0: yeah, yeah. they were great. Yeah. Oh, awesome one. Um, okay. Main reason you live here.
1: Uh, weather. I moved here from Phoenix, and I love that when it's 90 degrees here, uh, that's a hot day. I mean, right. moving from Phoenix, 115, 118 degrees, it was just brutal. And so we were hiking around here in 2015, and we, my wife and I both looked at each other and said, why don't we live here? You know, and so uh, we took the steps to get here and just love that year-round there's always fun stuff to do.
0: Yeah, you made it. You made it happen. How about uh, you? What's and, your what, what kept you here, well, I guess, is the question.
2: So... Uh, being from here, um, all my friends are here. I know a lot of people have left, but I, I think I just came to enjoy the outdoors. All my hobbies through the years have been related to the outdoors and everything that Colorado Colorado has to offer. So um, that's probably the big reason why I'm still here and why it might be hard for me to leave if I ever even considered that. So
0: Yeah, don't leave. We need you here. <laughs> and we're about to find out why. So let's get down to business and neighborhood services. So Mitch, tell us what your team... Um, does. Kind of give us an idea of what your team looks like, how big you guys are, and what you do and why it impacts everybody, really. Well, so
1: Neighborhood Services, uh, about seven years ago, was taken out of the police department. It was a small team of code enforcement officers. We were brought into the planning department so that we could really focus on neighborhoods, uh, private property conditions, and those problems that our residents experience that are not crime-related, they're not you know, police-type matters. Um, And so right now we have 31 people on our team. About half of those are on our quality of life team. And those are maintenance guys who are removing graffiti, cleaning up homeless camps, mowing sides of the the road in certain areas, and just doing more of the beautification, physical maintenance-type stuff. The other half of the team are code enforcement officers and supervisors and what they do is they respond primarily to complaints that we receive about conditions on people's private property. So neighbors or, or businesses will complain about what's going on in their neighborhood, and we go out and try to educate the responsible party or the property owners on what the city code requires, why it's important, and then just kind of get their buy-in and you know do your part, be a good neighbor, um, and so that we can all enjoy the area that we, that we live in.
0: So Dan, give us an idea of what a typical day is like for you and what, give us some, I guess, real world examples of what Mitch is talking about. Now you're on the code enforcement side, correct? Mm, yes. Okay.
2: Yes. And so uh, the typical day for probably most officers is uh, we get in our trucks, we turn on our computers and uh, we have a- That's a,
0: your office, right?
2: It's, yes. We work out in the field primarily. Um, we look at the cases that are assigned uh, for us that day. Uh, so much of what we do is driving out to properties, doing inspections, uh, we're, we're determining what violations we see um, and uh, addressing those things with, uh, most of the time property owners are tenants. And so a lot of people are not familiar with code requirements. Uh, some are, um, we, have our, uh, we have clients that we deal with far too often. And some people that are brand new to this. So as Mitch said, we try to have a sort of an educational uh, conversation with them. And so, like I said, we do a lot of inspections. Uh, we There's a lot of communication that needs to take place. And so I think the mark of a good officer is they take those steps to communicate. Uh, we try to do it in person. Sometimes we can't, so we'll make phone calls. Uh, we make every effort to communicate and uh, with those parties to let them know what uh, needs to get taken care of. Uh, we ha- there's a lot of paperwork involved too. We'll issue notice and orders on the properties, uh, giving them a reasonable amount of time to take care of the violations. And so that's what we all do uh, from day-, day to day. Now, as a senior officer uh, in addition, I ha- I may have uh, people in the neighborhood come up to me when they see me out there or also cases that an officer has been handling for let's say a couple months where there's minimal if any compliance whatsoever and so it might move up to a senior officer uh, and what i do is i go out there i do the same thing i try to have a conversation with them but also let them know the seriousness of the matter and why i'm there so Uh, that's further along
0: in the process usually by the time you're getting out there okay and so
2: one of the things we we have Sort of different tools in our toolbox. One of the things we offer people, if if for some reason they can't find a contractor, they can't get the work done. So It might be an elderly person that we're dealing with, and and they don't know what to do. We can even offer them to sign a consent form that uh, gives us the ability to go onto their property, take you know, clean things up for them. Uh, the property owner gets charged for that, but at least it'll take care of things. Uh, we have, and I mentioned earlier, we have people that we deal with far too often um, and some for whatever reason they don't want to work with code enforcement um, they have no concern what their property looks like and so uh, sort so of
0: you're a, out there protecting the neighbors who do care what their property right, looks like
2: right right and so uh, sort of a last kind of the thing we try to avoid but we do somewhat often is if if at the end of the day we can't get things taken care of uh, we can also I'll write up a affidavit uh, for a warrant the courts look at it If a judge approve he signs it and we'll show up soon after that and uh, we'll execute a warrant and which means uh, we have our crews out there with dump trucks dumpsters storage bins tow trucks and we're um, taking care of, of uh, those violations.
0: Because a lot of time, what does a violation look like? Um, can you give me an example? Yeah.
2: The most there are so many things that we enforce, but most commonly, it's people aren't cutting their weeds. City code requires they be nine inches or less. I've dealt with cases weeds probably seven, eight feet tall. What? Uh, yes, oh, which wow. it's, a, it's a fire hazard. It doesn't just look bad; it's a fire hazard, and right that's one of the main reasons we we enforce that. Uh, there are people, uh, I just did a warrant on a property that I've, it's sort of a repeat customer. And uh, over time, they just dump all their garbage in the back. And uh, so. Uh, so it gar- piles up. and Piles yeah. of garbage. They're, uh, what I refer to as junk, That's it's manufactured items that are not trash. And people will store this on their properties. It has to be indoors. It can't be stored outside. Uh Vehicles they have to if they're stored outside they have to be licensed and operable and so uh, we try to not to nitpick on things but there are properties that are absolutely horrendous and so uh, we, we we will prior, prioritize those
0: and a lot of it like Mitch said is beautification and then a lot of it is safety right there's a safety issue and mm-hmm. talk a little bit Mitch or or both of you about you know this list he has when he comes into the to the office every day or the car I should say um, is not just. You know, haphazard. It's there's this is code that you're enforcing,
1: right? The provisions of the city code that we enforce are actually in the city code. It's much like uh, homeowners associations have covenants. The city has minimum property maintenance standards and minimum housing standards. Right. And so you can't. Lots of people like to say it's my property. I can do whatever I want. And that's true to an extent, until it becomes a blight on the neighborhood or violates one of those provisions in the city code. Right. And or that's it becomes where, a
0: safety issue. Right. right.
1: Becomes- um, there have been times in the past where situations present themselves, and we would love to give somebody— 24 or 48 hours to fix it, but it's it's uh, there's an imminent hazard, and so we have to go in right then and clean it up. Right, usually that's rotting or putrefying trash. Um, housing cases come to mind when we go in, and there's a tenant living in severely, uh, you know, unsanitary conditions. We that's had, more urgent, right? right obviously, we, we had one where there was an elder, elderly lady living by herself, and instead of changing the cat litter, she just put more cat litter on top, and pretty soon it overflowed into the and the whole bathroom was was a litter box, not just the litter box itself. And then living in in that condition, um, we couldn't just say, hey, you you have 48 hours or two weeks to clean it up. We had to take action right then.
0: Right. But sometimes, and I would say most of the time, like you're saying, it is an education. You're going to these people's homes or their properties, and you're telling them for the first time, this is the city code, and they have time to take care of it. And I would hope to point out that many of them do, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yes. They are... they are
1: resolved. You know, the, the two most common complaints we get where it's basically just education is when new people move here, uh, they don't realize that they're responsible for contracting for their own trash collection. So we've had times where we're knocking on people's door saying, hey, you have 15 trash bags on the side of your house when are you going to get rid of them. And they said, well, when's the city going to deliver my trash cans? Because the, the place they moved from, the city took care of the trash.
0: And the, they didn't realize they had to set that up, right? right okay.
1: Right. The the other issue is shoveling snow on your sidewalk, and I'm guilty of this. I moved here in July, and the first the first snowfall, I got a knock on the door from a code officer, and, and he kind of looked at me and said, "I can't believe I'm at your house." And I said, "What are you here for?" And he said, "It's your responsibility to shovel, shovel snow." And it would
0: just what happened. he got the head of co- the <laughs> yes, code enforcement, and
1: I don't know who was more embarrassed, him or me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's good of you that, to admit that. <laughs> but, moving, but we are all guilty of just not knowing sometimes. Right. And, yeah. and
1: that's the thing with so many people moving here. Um, so often, a lot of our unique things about our city, we just have to knock on the door and have that conversation. And then we never hear from those folks again. Right. Because then they do the right thing.
0: Right. Then they know. Yeah. And so um, what? what about you in terms of your... Experience. How many years have you worked as a code enforcement uh, officer? I'm, I'm getting
2: closer to four years. Okay. Of, of
0: so department. what have you, w- do you have any stories that are positive or wild or what do you have to share yeah. that come to mind yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you can talk tr- about? I'm trying to think what I can talk right, about that here. you can share uh,
0: or some that are just resolved nicely, I guess, well, and,
2: you know, I've, Different stories come to mind, I just thought of one so so a lot of the pro- some of the properties we deal with that often get to the level of a senior officer where there's criminal properties in town and so
0: so you 're working with police in, in that case police, okay. we
2: work together often and'll uh, they'll, they 'll help us they 'll kind of be secu- uh, a measure of security for us when we do some of these warrants uh, for instance we d- we did one oh, a couple months ago where the trash was being piled in the back. And I'm I'm dealing with these people. I, this is my longest running case. I've had this case for over three years, it, and it's constantly we're we're going uh, dealing with it. So we were removing the trash. There's a there was a chicken coop in the backyard, and there was a chicken there. And uh, I didn't see it happen, but one of the guys noticed where they were using a skid loader to lift all the garbage and haul it to the front in the dumpster. And one of them saw a mouse run out run out of the pile and right into the chicken cage and chicken snatched it up. Oh my up. gosh. And so that's it's like uh, wild kingdom out yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, we, there's, you there's, see all kinds of things. Yeah. There's so many different things we see.
0: So. Right. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. What about you, Mitch? What are some of your, uh, other than your sidewalk violation?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the most heartwarming stories I have is um, uh, an elderly lady in, and I've been doing this 23 years. So after a while they all kind of run together, but we had an el- elderly lady. Who just couldn't get the work done but but she was very proud of her property and proud that she was going to do everything herself and uh, didn't really want to get charged didn't want to go through that route so we found a faith-based volunteer group who went out and helped her with the problems that she had and she was very thankful the the group felt just wonderful Um, and it was a win-win situation
0: um, and then that, so she wanted to be compliant. It, she just wasn't able to she do did. it. she didn't
1: have the physical means to to do the work herself, but she didn't want to take uh, charity. Okay. She, she felt like this is my property. I, th- I want to say she was 89 or 90 years old. Um, and so through a conversation with me and a conversation with the, the fi- representative of the faith-based group, we convinced her that you know it's it's not bad to accept help once in a while. And uh, so then that group has actually adopted her, and they check on her every two or three months. Um, They take some food over and just you know give her that social outlet. So so beyond beyond solving the problem that was reported, we created some connection in the community with somebody who I think really needed you know some connection.
0: Right. So that I would assume that's I mean that's the biggest reward of your jobs, right? Is when it all goes right and people are educated and. Things look better when you when you leave at the end of the day. Oh yeah, and the is that what keeps you going? Because you got to have some tough stuff, also.
1: I want to say at at, you know ninety seven percent of the cases we deal with are resolved within a month, and we move on, and we don't give it another another chance. You know, we don't give it another thought. That's good. But for that other three percent, some of those involve warrants, some of them involve tickets, but some of them some of them involve the the volunteer groups or alternative ways that we get to. To figure it out. Um, Snow shoveling, we we had another elderly person who couldn't do it. So we just knocked on the next door neighbor and said, hey, you know, when you're doing yours, can you do hers? And they said, sure, we can do that. And we've never had another problem there. Right. So it's those, those making connections. Right. It's it's solving the problem, not necessarily enforcement or following policy or protocol. It's I I get most mostly charged up when we solve problems. Right. And there's, you know, doesn't have to be solved in in one particular way. Right. We use uh, code officers use their talents and abilities, and they they all are different, and they use those to solve problems, and that's really what we're all about.
0: You got to be a people person, Dan, right?
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> <and> <laughs> because that, you
0: deal with people who aren't happy to see you, but then people who are probably very pleasant too. Yeah, and
2: that's one of my greatest enjoyments of the job. And as you were uh, asking, the, as Mitch was just talking to you, um, I was at a property this morning. He's a retired Colorado Springs firefighter. Uh, I think he's close to eighty years old, and Uh, I feel so sorry for them because they keep their house, their property up nice and all around them. It's just, it's rough. And so, uh, I was meeting with them today and every time he tells me, I'm sorry to do this, uh, sorry to call this in, but, and he goes, I just love seeing you anyways, both he and his wife. And so I had a conversation with them and her sister just passed away. She told me this morning. So, uh, those relationships are, uh, I cherish those. Um, I like, uh, I like dealing with people that are kind. Uh, if peop- we, we have a lot of those people we deal with. We, we deal with people that are not so kind. They, for lack of a better term, they don't like us showing right. up. And we, we, I deal well with them too. I, I enjoy those communications. Uh, I prefer that they go uh, in, in the right direction and resolving the, the whatever conflict is there. But uh, it's, it's my favorite part of the job. Is, is these interactions with people. So
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for all you do. I think this is a great explainer for people who aren't really sure. And like you said before, Mitch, I think they just thought of it as only code enforcement and didn't know about the quality of life team as well and just um, the connections and and help really? you're able to provide people. Um, so governor slash neighborhood services is a great place to go if you're hearing this conversation about city code and wanting to know more, right? People can... Find out more that way. Right. That's, what is city code? I just moved here, and what do I need to know?
1: Right. All the resources are there to find out what the codes are, how to report complaints. That was going to be my last question,
0: is how do people re- report complaints, and how do you find out about what's on that list every day for Dan?
1: So we have basically three main ways that people can report violations. It's by that online form on on our website. Um, they can email us or call us directly. Uh, but the, the best way to report it is on the GoCOS app on your uh, Android or, or Apple phone. Um, the nice thing is it automatically will put in the location. It will put in a, a photograph. So there's it really reduces the amount of time it takes to get that case set up and get one of our staff out there.
0: And you can immediately let, let people know, yes, this is a code violation or no, it isn't. And this is the next step. That's going to be taken,
1: right? Right. Okay. Um, that it just is a quick facilitation of that two-way communication, and it gives us the information we need. Uh, rather than if you if you call it in and say it's near the corner of X and Y, then we're going to have to call you back, and you know just. So be a little bit, as specific. A bit of a delay yeah,
0: yeah, be as specific as right, possible. Right. And anyone who's listened to this podcast is probably sick of me going on and on about how great the app is. But it really is. It's so easy. To, it's free to download. It's so easy to use. And you get responses right away. And that way you can feel good about knowing what's happening with your complaint or your issue.
1: Right. Um, and we in Neighborhood Services, we only have two people that answer our phone calls uh, or email. So you're going to get a person. Right. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, we receive over 20,000 emails and phone calls every year yes. for those two people to deal with. So the, the quickest way to get your issue reported is on that app or via the website.
0: And it's just a good app to have for all kinds of things. And it, we need it's people. not just
1: for neighborhood services, it's for right. all city services. And then it, whatever you're reporting gets routed to the correct department right away
0: we need people to be the eyes and ears right. out there so yes well thank you all for joining me and thank you for what you do for the city
1: thank you jenna yeah, Jen. we
0: really appreciate it and thank you to everyone for listening to behind the springs and we hope you'll tune in next time have a great day